We're going to talk about some breaking of bondages, breaking strongholds, gaining freedom. If you're a human being, you have a, you are open game for the enemy. You know, you just, your mom, your dad, and your mom's dad and dad, your mom's dad, it just all happens, you see. It's not like somehow uh, you're never going to have another problem. You got to have problems. You got to work them out. You got to face the devil. You got to let him know who you are. He's not going to leave you alone. And because you're a believer in Jesus and you got a call on your life and you're in this college, he's going to attack you all the more. But you know what? Say it with me. Greater is he that is within you than what? Don't you know it? Don't you know it? It's going to happen. I can't wait. I don't know. I might not be around, but we're going to hear about you all. What is a stronghold, and where did it start? Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves uh, together and made uh, coverings for themselves. Now, that is the beginning. That, it fell right then. You've heard me say this, but it fell right then. Right then it all happened. Everything, every screwed up thing, everything that's going wrong, every, every horrible, negative, sinful thing that happens, good, bad, or indifferent, it started right there in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7. And we fell apart, you fell apart, humanity fell apart in that moment in six specific ways, and it has not stopped falling to this day. Number one, we fell apart physically. We have problems. We start out, we're young. You're young. You're invincible. You can fly through the air. Man, I, we were young once. I want to write a book. We were young once. Brother Stacy and I worked in a slip house. Uh, they're Pinko. It's a factory to the right hand. I don't know what the heck they do now, but that was a lot of bulwark. You know, Brother Stacy was a big buff guy, and we used to be young, man. It was no big deal. We were all young. One point. We could click our heels. We could get around. We could headbang. Uh, it wasn't around them. You know, I headbang now. I get a terrible headache, <laughs> and that, nor do I have the hair to do it. I'll tell you that. I want to keep every hair I have on my head, and I want to shake it off. <laughs> but we were young and vibrant and filled with energy. And we're used of God. We're still used of God, but that stuff, physically, you just kind of fall apart. That's just the way it is. You know? You were, your face was tight, chest was everything, and then it sags. Then you got to tuck it, and then you got to clip it, then you got to cut it, then you got to, you know, stretch it until you look like, you know, the, you know, the joker. You ever, I'm, you ever seen these people? You know, there's a specific teacher, a female teacher. I won't call her name. Uh, uh, and, you know, she's a great woman of God, but she looks like the Joker. You know, I tell you, whatever I have, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> whatever it is, I'm going to keep it. I'm not, it can sag and fall to the ground, but it's mine. Gravity takes over no matter what you do. Physically, we fall apart. Our heart, our, 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 you know, our organs, stuff happens. So enjoy it while you can, okay? Enjoy it while we fall apart physically. I didn't look like this when I came here. My wife looked like this when she came here. She was pretty. She's pretty. Um, physiologically. You know, our physiological body, we fall apart. Things happen. You know, again, we, our organs are... Um, issues happen, diseases happen, 
problems happen in our body. We don't know why. It's just the cause of the curse. It, Adam, Eve just messed it all up. It's bad news. There's good news here. We just, we hurt. We don't know why. COVID, you know, uh, there is, uh, I'm not going to get into the politics of all that. The fact is it's here. And um, there's diseases of all, there's pestilence of all kinds. And it messes with us. I know vibrant men and women who have had some of this COVID and they ended up in the hospital almost didn't make it out. We had it. A lot of us had it. I had it. Some of you have had it. And by the grace of God, it didn't affect me uh, too bad. But the fact is it can mess you up physiologically, all kinds of things. Neurologically, it has to do with your brain, your mind, what you think, the way you think. The neurology of why people do what they do prefrontal cortex, pleasure centers. You know, I like ice cream. I like ice cream. I like cookies. I like cookies. You know, I like bread. I like bread. I like warm bread. I like butter on it. I like you know, prefrontal, all the pleasure centers going. But it can be bad too. You know, I, I, I drink too much or I, you know, I, I'm, I'm strung out on stuff that I shouldn't be. I'm addicted to things that I shouldn't be addicted to. It's neurology. It's the, it's the brain. It's an amazing, amazing organ. Three and a half pounds. It's not much, but it is neuro- neurologically we fall apart. Disorders happens neurologically as a result of the chemicals go off in our brain and cause us to have certain mental health issues. Um, it exists, fell apart right there in Genesis. Physiologically, uh, psychologically, again, the emotional system that we have, our psychological makeup. Relationally, we fall apart. How many do you know? How many people you know that they were in love and now they're in love anymore? They got married, now they're not married anymore. Or they struggle with relationships. You know, I, I thought that you liked me. How did you know I liked you? I don't know. It's just the way that you looked at me. I didn't really look at you anyway that I think, but uh, you must have taken something from that that I wasn't giving out. Yeah, but, but I was hoping we could have a relationship. I don't, I, I'm, my relationship was just, you know, just have a, I love you in the Lord and we'll kind of move in that. Uh, or, you know, people just struggle in relationships. How'd you hear about that person? That, I, I, that person's this and that person's that and that person can get along with no one. They're always talking about something. And if they're not talking about you, they're talking about somebody else. Some people just struggle with relationships. And there's various reasons for that. I don't have time to go into it. And then spiritually, you have problems too. We fell apart spiritually. We fell apart from God. And we're climbing back with him. We, we, we find his grace and his mercy and his love and his kindness and his goodness every day of our lives. We succeed and we fail. And we're right and we're wrong. And we're up and we're down. We're good and we're bad. We're all of those things. God loves you as you are, not as you should be, because none of us are as we should be. Thus, the power of the cross of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's, we still fall apart. Spirit, soul, and body, that's how you're made up. I'm not going to get into big spirit, soul, and body teaching. I'll leave that to the teachers. But we are made up in those specific ways. I'm going to shoot something up here. Uh, I didn't really, well, it's not really clear. Uh, you can make it up maybe. We'll, we'll see. Uh, okay, spirit, that's God consciousness, awareness, sensitivity, 
uh, understanding, motivation. That's the spirit. And then follow it down. Spiritual relates to God. Our awareness, our sensitivity, our understanding, and our motivation. Uh, a God consciousness. All I was telling my wife, uh, I remember when I was raised, you know, what denomination I was raised in. I was like about six years old. Six years old was the first grade, something like that. I remember going outside, and, and, uh, and I remember looking in the clouds, and I just remember at six years old, I was trying to form God in my head in a cloud. And I said, what is he look? Because I could just, all I know about God, he's got he's to be kind of old and a big white beard, and, and, and a cloud can make a, a good beard, you know? And so I'm just kind of looking. I fell on my back, and I just laid on the grass. And I remember becoming very God conscious at six years old, little row home in Baltimore. And I thought, I, I, I want to have something to do with him. I want to have something to do with him. I heard of him, but I didn't know him. Spiritually, it's uh, our, spirit, our spirit cries out to God. I want God. I need God. Or I, don't, I want God, but I don't know a lot about him. Or I struggle spiritually. Why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he do that? Some people can receive it very easily. Other, other people are very analytical. You know, you're, just, you're deep thinkers. Why? Why? More questions than answers. That's genetic. Probably your mom or your dad or something like is like that as well. Some of your, if I did a genogram, I could find you in all of your genealogy, both the mom and dad side. It's tough. Adam did it. Soul. Self-consciousness. Our mind, our will, our emotions. Sometimes your emotions are good. Sometimes your emotions are not. Sometimes you're very controlled. Other times you are not. Sometimes you're an emotional wreck. Other times you're very calm, cool, and collected. But you have a mind and you think things. And there's that which people know what you think and that which you talk about. And there's other things that you think about that nobody knows anything about. But you struggle with it. And you have questions. It's okay. God understands that. He wants you to engage with him. Emotions. Some of you are just, you're just so cool, calm, and collected. And others are an emotional wreck. <laughs> Some people will just cry at the drop of a hat and other people won't cry at all. I wish I could cry. I can't cry. It doesn't mean you're a bad person because you can't cry or you don't cry easily. You just express your emotions differently. And if you don't get emotional outwardly, you are emotional inwardly. And sometimes if you keep that up and not let it out a little bit, it can turn into, it has a potential of turning into depression. Psychologically or psychological. It relates to others. The soul relates to others. We communicate. With you. And, then the, and then the body. Our world consciousness. Our sight, our, our hearing, our taste, our touch, our smell. Uh, how, we, how we interact, uh, how we feel things. The uh, um, physiological part of us relates to the environment. Our body, the things that go right, the things that go wrong, the things that in you right now are really good and nice and young and other things that you'll find. And you'll, some of you will have heart conditions. Some of you will have you know, uh, kidney problems. Some of you won't. Have, some of you will just have skin issues. Some of you will have um, you know, various you know, problems as you get older because it happens because we fall apart doesn't mean you're going to die. It doesn't mean the enemy is going to scare you. Some people are frightened easier than other people are frightened. I won't, have a, I won't have a raising of hands here, but there's probably some of you that fear death. Others don't fear death. Some of you will go, you know, I don't really have a problem with it. I just don't want to die real young. I've, I don't know how many times I've said <laughs> people here, uh, not just with you guys, but when I was going here um, and, and, and counseling young people, uh, they said, you know, uh, you know, I, is Jesus, Dr. A, is Jesus going to come back soon? I said, well, I don't know. Uh, he doesn't know. 
The angels don't know. I mean, I don't know. He said, he wouldn't like come back in the next year, would he? I said, I don't, I don't know that. He said, because I'm planning on getting married. <laughs> and I don't want him to come back before I get married. <laughs> For obvious reasons. So, he never came back. <laughs> and they got married, you know. And, and so, they, they're still together now, but. It's wonderful. Why I said that, I have no idea. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that, that means it didn't say perfect, okay? You're going to make mistakes. It's staying in the game. It's staying in the game. Again, the cross has given us grace. It's not like you're going, well, you know, I'm just, I just got my fire insurance paid for. That's okay. I just want to do what I got to do, and I'll just keep coming back to God. That's a different mentality. But the fact is, blameless, so that you're constantly moving in God and, and longing. Uh, Brother Stacy talked on that yesterday, last night, in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We stay in the game. We just keep moving on. You don't let the enemy put you under self-condemnation. You are going to fall at times. You are going to make mistakes at times. Just say to the devil, I'm not putting up with it. I'm going to put it right under the blood. I'm going to get myself up. I'm going to keep walking again. That's the gospel. That's the power and the love of Jesus. Because if you do that, then it's going to become a stronghold. If you just keep percolating that in your mind and your spirit and your heart and your soul, all of a sudden you're going to, you're going to find yourself in a real stronghold. We are made up of those three different parts. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, 4. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. We don't, according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They're, they're not. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they're divinely powerful for the destruction or demolishing of fortresses, strongholds. We are destroying speculation and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You do that for the rest of your life. Your problem is not with him or her. Your problem is not with that person or that person. They're arguing. It's not of the flesh. You're wrestling against principalities of darkness as well. You're just standing against those things. How many believe that you have authority over the principalities of darkness? There's a few of you. How many have ever had to take authority over the enemy? How many of you have ever had to take authority over the enemy and there are times you have actually seen God break through? Okay, I want you to notice, so each one, oh, there's a bunch of them over here. So uh, that tells you that greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. You have the power over the enemy. It's like, you know, it's just, I don't know. I'm a big Star Wars freak. That's, you know, I just, you just, you know. You just, uh, you have power over things. I know that was kind of hokey and all, but it was like a God thing, you know, in there. At least uh, I preached some sermons about it. It's kind of cool when he just, you know, when Luke Skywalker just sticks his finger up and things stop. You know, with his fingers, just shoot him across the room like that. The fact is, you have the power in God through the power of the Holy Spirit to stand against the enemy and say to him, you will not have this. 
you will not do this. Sure, you're going to, at times you're going to be discouraged because it might not happen in your timing. But the fact is you have, a, you have authority. Sometimes it will. Other times you have to wait a little bit because God's doing something in you as well. Strongholds, demolishing those things. You have to. You're having a bad day, demolish the thing. You're struggling with something. You've got to demolish it. Share it with somebody. You need to share a struggle with someone, but someone who isn't going to put it on television and tell everybody about it. You don't share all of your struggles with anybody. You, struggle, you share your struggles with people you trust. You know, and you can go, can you just pray with me and stand with me? Not everybody is a, a good source to tell. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I did tell about 72 people, but I just would want them to pray for you too. I just want to, you know, more power in prayer, right? Remind me not to tell you anything again. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, the world is unprincipled. See, this is the same thing. I tell you, we don't have to go through that. Let's save a little time here. That's the uh, message version. Strongholds, fortresses, and freedom. So I showed you this last year. This is a fortress. And I, want, I had a little, I have a pointer. I have a, I have a pointer, a little thing that makes everything black, and then all you can see is white, and I can do it. You know, all oh, it's real pretty cool. But it doesn't work here because I'm too far away. So for whatever reason, it doesn't work. This is a fortress, and you build your fortress, and all around that fortress is the enemy trying to come in on you. And he's trying to come in on every single side. He'll do anything. He is powerful. Don't you think for one moment that he is not powerful. And he is mighty. And if you think that the enemy isn't mighty, you better stay tuned. He is extremely mighty. But I'm going to tell you something right now. He is not all-powerful, and he is not almighty. You serve the one who is all-powerful and almighty. But there's going to be times he's going to try to break through. If you're not putting the fortress up, then you're weakening yourself, and you're opening yourself up for strongholds, things that bother you, things that are weighting you down. And we don't need that. You know, we're going to get enough of that in life. Sometimes you just have to stand up and go, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm just going to stand against you. Will you always succeed? Nope. Will there be times that you fail? Yep. So that you can appreciate the times that you succeed. But we learn from those mistakes. God walks us through that. He understands. He loves us so much. We build those fortresses. That's a pretty cool fortress right there. It kind of looks like Florida. Hmm. Weapons of our warfare, divinely powerful. What are they? Here's our weapons. The Word of God. You know, Brother Stacy needed the Bible here this morning. Josh brought him the Bible. How many still read from paper Bibles? Man, that's good. Woo! We got some paper readers. It's still good. I still like, I like that, you know, onion skin paper. Just something about it. I still have it. My wife reads from it every morning. The word of God, quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is your, is your shield against anything that you will have, and it will fight any stronghold and demolish any stronghold you want it to. The blood of Christ secure, secured our redemption. It tears down. You know, sometimes you just need to, I've done this many a times. I just, you know, things are piling up. Oh, man, I just get the blood of Jesus Christ. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I'm bathed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm bathed in that 
precious blood that you paid for that can stand against the enemy every single hour of my life. God, I'm believing you right now. I'm just pleading that blood of Jesus Christ. And I just begin to do that, and it does something. Words are powerful, my brother, you know? Words are powerful. You speak your word. Oh, you're a really cool guy. You know, I really like you. And you're, you're a nice brother. Thank you. That's a crazy looking beard you got. What's wrong with you, man? Why don't you grow your hair long and, and, and start headbanging like Josiah over there? <laughs> it's just words. It just depends on what it is. You got a nice looking beard, by the way. The fact is, it's just, you can say things different ways, right? Words are powerful. You got to watch them. The blood of Jesus Christ. Spiritual authority, binding and releasing, loosing. Spiritual authority, you have the authority in God. Whatever that stronghold is in your life, it could be depression, it could be anxiety, it could be rejection, it could be bewilderment, it could be questions you have about God, it could be what you're struggling with today or, or what you struggle with every day. Or There's a stronghold perhaps in your life that you've been wanting to get, get rid of. And, uh, there, and, 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 and you can bind that thing. You can bind the enemy. I'm telling you, if you just knew how powerful you are against the enemy, if you got a stronghold, God will set you free. Sometimes we struggle in those things because God shows us things, not that he wants us to carry that, but he shows us something about ourselves in the midst of it that draws us constantly to the cross. Binding and loosening. Hearing God's voice, the Holy Spirit. How many have ever heard the Holy Spirit speak to them? Some of you heard, yeah, and when, and when he does, what do you do? You, you listen, uh, you get it right sometimes, other times you don't, but you, then you're just figuring it out and, and just distinguishing the voice of God in your life. And it becomes clearer and clearer. And then right when you think you got it all down, it's like perfect. And then you feel, wait, wait, it didn't happen this time. And I thought I was hearing from God and I wasn't. Sometimes you'll get it wrong too, but that's all right. Hearing the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. Spiritual discernment. Knowing the difference in what to do and what not to do. Should I date or should I not? Should I date him? Should I not? Does he really mean this? Does she really mean this? I just got a little vibe from her. Maybe that's God. Uh, she normally hasn't paid the time of day for me, but I noticed she looked at me. I was in a classroom right there in College Hall, and I turned to my left, and she was going like this and kind of looking. It could have been she was just looking at the other person right next to you. Oh, no, 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 Dr. A, there was no one next to me. <laughs> what does that mean? I think she might like me. No, don't buy that. Not unless she looks at you about four, five, six times. And then she's got to give you the eye. She's got to be coy about it, you know. You're sitting there and you're kind of looking at the corner of your eye. You don't want to be, you don't want to be obvious, so you're just looking like this. Because somehow you catch a glance, and then if she's, she goes, now you got her. Because she, she's looking, and she looked away <laughs> real quick. She does that about two, three times, and you notice something to that. But you got to be discerning. You know, should I, should I be involved in this? Should I not? Should I, should I say this? Should I not say this? You can hear from God. Discernment. 
breaking it down even more so, breaking strongholds. Let me see, is this what it is? Okay, look, you have to have determination, young guys and gals. You got to be determined. Well, I'm just not normally a determined person. That's not something that I do. I normally just you know, wait for it to happen, and if it's supposed to happen, then it's God, and if it doesn't, then I won't. Well, if that was the case, we wouldn't have light today. I mean, uh, what Thomas Edison failed over 10,000, no, more than that, 20 or 30,000 times trying to create the light bulb. If he wasn't determined, we would have light today. He'd be burning candles. Got to have determination. But you don't understand, I get beat down pretty quick. And then when I get beat down, I get depressed. And when I get depressed, all I want to do is just stay in my bed and put the covers over my head and just maybe read scripture every once in a while. Get out of bed. Do something. Just get up and say, I'm going to be determined. I am going to be the head, not the feet. I'm not going to let him have me and have my future. You are leaders in this country and nations. And the enemy knows it. And he'll do all he can to try to thwart the plans of God. You need to be determined. Well, I'm not naturally determined. Well, do you, you don't have to naturally be determined. Just get up and say, I ain't putting up with it. Talk like that. Or you just think, hmm, Kobe leaves me alone today. Hmm. You got to get up and get in his face. You're drenched in the blood of Jesus Christ. Power is on you. Well, the last time I did that, nothing really happened. Do it again and again and again because you're going to break through and you'll break these strongholds in your life. You got to do it. If you want it, you got to go get it. You got to get determination, spiritual tenacity. I'm just tenacious. I'm just going to hang in there. I'm not going to give up. I'm ten- well, you, do, you know, it's about time. Maybe you should just stop it. No, I'm telling you. You know people like this. And we're just going to keep doing it. It's going to happen. No way in the world. You know, you, you can't do it. People I'm, I'm growing up where well, they had good justification. I probably shouldn't. It was God in my life. Yeah, Fred's going to end up in prison somewhere because he's a wreck. And uh, I was a wreck. And it was kind of leaning that way. That's where I was going. But I was, uh, when I gave my heart to Christ, I thought, well, you know, I wasn't a really good student in high school. Am I going to make it in college? But I was tenacious. You know, I just, I just had to work harder than the average person, uh, three times harder than the average person. I have ADHD. That even made it more difficult. Other people would just, you know, never even crack a book open, not even look at it and pull a B. I did not like these people. They just all of a sudden get good grades and they do nothing. But I just stuck in there. I just said to God, you got to do it or, you know, I don't have much of a future understanding of God's word. We kind of went through that. You need to understand it. You need to dissect it. You need to uh, eat it up. You need to read it every morning. I see some of you walking in front of Spencer. You're in the morning uh, because we have the house over there, and I see some of you guys. There's a few guys. I don't know. Who was the guys in front of the, uh, uh, the flagpole the other day? Who were the guys in front of the flagpole? <laughs> who? You guys. Were you, all, were you all dressed in black? I thought there was a three ninjas out there. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome to see you guys. I said, Debbie, maybe somebody had to buy the flagpole. I don't know why. I said, they look like ninjas. They're all dressed in black and they're not moving. They're kind of big. I ain't going out there and moving them. And then it turned out it was a flagpole thing. I saw it on Facebook. Everybody's going to the flag. I thought it was cool. I said, these guys are praying. They're believing God. 
Confidence. Some people, uh, some people don't naturally have confidence. You don't have confidence in yourself. Maybe it's a genetic thing, or maybe it was your family systems, the way you were raised. Maybe somebody just told you you, didn't, you couldn't do it, you couldn't do it good enough. Or if you did it, you should do it better. There's no confidence. You know. That happens in family systems. You got to get over that. You got to fight through that. You got to believe God through that. Sure, there's therapy. There's a lot of good things you can go through. But I'm telling you, people go through hard times. And the person that helped me the most in all of my life was Jesus and my wife. You can do what you can do. You got to be confident. You got to bust through. If, if you fail, you get back up again. If you fall down, you get back up again. And every time you get up, you get more, you get stronger every time you get up. And you become more powerful every time you get up to be able to tear down the strongholds that the enemy wants to weigh you down with so that you will not be the leader that God has called you to be. Forget about him. Faith, you got to have faith. It's, I, I don't see it. I, it's there. i got to believe God. I'm believing God for $13 million for Spencer. I've had people tell me, they've prayed for me. Oh, well, Dr. Abe, we're going to be praying for you. Which equates, you got to be crazy. You're not going to get no $13 million for that building. Oh, we'll be praying for you. You're praying for me? You're praying for, you're praying for the funeral of uh, you know, Spencer building? Or what are you doing? I believe God to restore that building. The east side first, the center second, and the west last. I don't know where it's coming from, but I know God's going to give it to us. You know why? Because with man, these things are what? But with who? How many believe Spencer is going to be restored? It's going to happen. I believe. I'm full enough to believe. And a will to not believe the lie that you feel about yourself. And some of you have been struggling for some time. We, we've had some mental health issues here on this campus, and we'll probably have some more. I was at a conference in Orlando a couple weeks ago, and the larger the school, the more the problems. It's, 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 it's a very challenging generation because of the deterioration of the family. And those of you who have had the same parents and, and uh, not uh, divorced or so blessed, are so blessed. And those of you who have had uh, situations where your parents have been divorced or maybe divorced twice, some of those maybe it ended up not too bad, but the fact is I know it's been very difficult for you. The deterioration of the family has really messed up this generation. And it places things on us to make us feel certain ways, depending on who treated us how in that, in that family event. Don't believe that stuff. You are who God says you are. You are who he says you are. And you're not defined by anything or anyone else. Decode, recode. And by the way, if you want this, I will send this to you. I'm going to send it to Secretary Margie Grout, and she will send it to anybody that would like it. It's PowerPoint. It's PowerPoint for Mac, but it's still PowerPoint, and you can have it. So if you want it, just ask and you have it. I'm going to go through this pretty quick. Um, Decode, recode. Decoding the messages in your mind that you feel about you and recoding those as per who God says you are, okay? 
And I, I shared this with you last year, but I'm going to do it again. That's, of course, the pad that your, your uh, garage, and, and you have put a certain sequence of numbers in it, and it responds to whatever sequence of numbers you put in it, and then you hit enter. It opens up. That's just like the enemy. He will program your mind, and then he'll hit enter, and you'll go, I can't do it, or I feel bad now, or I feel depressed, I'm being triggered. Or I, I don't know whether I can do it. He's just pressing, pressing, enter, enter, enter. He's programmed you. You must stand against him. It is a stronghold that he's trying to, to define you by, and you can stand against him. Don't let, he's going to keep hitting that thing, and if you let him, he'll control your life, but you don't have to. I'm not saying it's easy, but you can do it. You can get over it. You can become much stronger. Decode these things. They're simple, but the need to feel important. I, feel, I need to feel important. Tell me that I matter. Tell me that something's good about me. Tell me that I really am a good person. Tell me that I, I'm doing good things. Please tell me, tell me, tell me why. Because I've never really been told that in my life a lot, and I need you to tell me. And all of a sudden, we become dependent on that. Please tell me that I matter, because I don't feel like I matter. I don't feel like I have a lot of good stuff to offer. Feelings of worthlessness, unimportance. Or not valued. And that's the reason some people, you know, might read into things in relationships. Do you think I'm nice? Do you think I'm wonderful? Do I have something to offer? Please tell me I'm a nice person. You know, and and you might be a really nice person, but you need this affection, this affirmation to say, please let me know that I amount to something. Because maybe your father, your mother, maybe your dad says you're not going to amount to anything. And so you're looking for that. Inferiority, I have nothing to offer. I have low self-esteem. Kind of like feelings of worthlessness. I live in inferiority. You got to decode that thing, but that's how you feel. I'm not, I'm not making light of it. It's not like you're going, hey, Dr. Ace, you just can't get rid of it that quick. I know it's, it's real. It really does hurt sometimes. I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm saying you must stand up, though, because if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And God wants to free you from the fortresses that the enemy's trying to put in your life. I'll never achieve my goals, defeatism. I'll never do it. I'll just never do I, God's laid some things on your heart. Some of you want to be something. Some, God's laid things on your heart. You want to be able to achieve it, but maybe I don't have the goods. Maybe I'm not. Don't believe that stuff. The mere fact that you're here at Elam Bible Institute and college is, is the first step of the rest of your life. And now that we have some degrees going on, it's going to be massive. This place, even though it's small, and it's going to grow. It's going to grow. But as it grows, you're going to find uh, it's going to become even more influential. You are the people that God has placed in the gap. Feelings of in- inadequacy, I fall short of success, another, the same thing. Feeling like you're damaged goods, PTSD, trauma, and some of you have had that. Maybe you've had a, 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 an abuse as a child. Uh, maybe it's really affected you. It could be a number of different kinds of abuses, and I'm not minimizing that because that's trauma, and trauma is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And it hurts, and it's bad. But it's only, it's only catastrophic if you allow it to be. Therapy is good. You know, I'm a therapist. I, I've done that. I love therapy. I work in therapy. But everything I've ever shared was always Christ-centered. At the end of the day, it's the power of God in your life. At the end of the day, it's the person of Jesus Christ. You don't have to live in that place. Yeah, you're triggered. You can be triggered a lot throughout the course of your life. But I'm telling you, a lot of the apostles and and disciples, the kind of stuff that they went through and the way they were traumatized, they were beat up and and their families were thrown in prison and some of them, the 12 at least murdered, at least 11 of them, were killed. I mean, it's trauma. But, God, I've seen people break through these two things amazingly. 
And they just say, devil, you're not going to have me. Not today. Forget you and the horse you came in on. I can't stack up. I could never do it good enough. Maybe that's something, a word that maybe some loved one has told you. You're never going to be able to amount to anything. You're not going to be able to do it. You're not smart enough. Watch. You watch. My God is bigger than that. I'll accomplish it. I'm stupid messages and planning from my childhood. Some of you may have had that. Others, maybe you didn't have that at all. But you're not going to, again, you're not going to do it. It's not, you're not going to be, you know, you st- <laughs> If you would know the men and women that have succeeded in this nation and even the world that were told that they couldn't do these things, and, now, and they've done amazing things. They've changed the lives of hundreds of millions of people, and they were looked upon as a child saying they'd never be able to do it. They were told they weren't able to do it. They say no, God says yes. How many have an, how many have an aspiration or how many have, how many have a, a dream in something that you want to do for God? Okay. You have a dream that you want to do something for God. How many would like to just be used of God in such a way that it would revolutionize the sphere of which you live and you would see the power of God move not only in you, but around you in people? How many feel that? How many would like to see that? Now, without the show of hands, don't raise your hands. I just want you to thank those of you who would say, I'd love to do that, but I just don't think I have it. I just was not really told I can do these things and I struggle every day. I know it's a struggle, but let me tell you something. God isn't going to let you down. If you, it's faith. You've got to move out in it. Faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Because he that comes to God must first know that he is almighty God and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. What do I want? I want to sing and believe in God for. Step up, he said. Come on, come on in the water. Come on, I'm gonna, let me take you there. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's, 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 it's a faith thing. And we were, some people were set free here this afternoon. That, that, that video of Costa Dare, how many, how, was that the first time some of you saw, how many, how many would say that's the first time I ever saw the man? Uh, an absolute bulwark in this college. A massive many, and Bob Mumford as well. That was the experience and the last great awakening that had millions and millions of people going to all kinds of evangelical colleges all over the country, including this place. Scads on them. Massive, massive move. And you're going to be in the fifth and last one. Whew, get excited about that. I'm telling you, God's picked you guys to do it. It's going to be awesome. We may be willing some of us around in oxygen, but we'll, we'll be there cheering you on. I'm not worthy of being loved. I don't like me. I'm unforgivable. My sin is too great. You won't believe it. No, I can't do this. I keep doing it over and over and over. I won't believe it. God doesn't say, uh, I think, was it you, Stacy, yesterday? The three strikes you're out? I believe it was. You know, in the batter's box, and then the third strike, I'm sorry, it's over. No, it's three strikes and you're out. Huh? This morning, sorry. My mind isn't right. Okay. It's, God doesn't, God doesn't have three strikes you're out. He just says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I uh, confess your sins, and I'm faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He's going to walk you through it so you can get victory over that thing. Here's Recode. It's simple. It's simple. But it's true. 
you got to recode this in your mind now. That was decode. Decode those thoughts. Re- recode them with this. Forgiveness. I'm forgiven, though I'm sinful and fall short. But you're, not, you're, you're forgiven. If you're not forgiven, the cross is a lie. If you're not forgiven, you're here for no reason at all. If you're not forgiven, then we've been preaching the wrong gospel. You're forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Standing in Christ, though I'm fallen. Yes, you're fallen. We already said that in Genesis. The fact is, we all are fallen. We all fall short of the glory of God. But God has given us Christ, and we stand again. No matter what it is, we stand, and we continue to forge ahead, regardless of what the enemy is saying. Or tries to do. I'm healed, though I've been wounded. I'm, I'm, I'm so wounded. I know it. wounding is bad, and I've been doing it for years and years with people. Wounding is horrible, and some of it is more horrible than you can possibly think. But Christ is the only source that can heal us of things and keep us healed, walking through some of the most devastating and trying times of our lives. We, because of him, we are healed, and we can walk in that and believe God for that. It's precipitous. We can walk through it. Loved by God, though I feel unloved. Strong as a result of first acknowledging my weaknesses. Significant as a person, even though my past may try to rob me of this truth. Nonetheless, I am significant in his eyes. Have you ever stood in the mirror and just said, oh, you are really significant. You're significant. You're a significant person. How many did that today? <laughs> Nobody. I'm with it. <laughs> Why would I believe that about you? <laughs> Jade, you got, you got a tiger by the tail, I'm telling you, in a good way. But you are significant. You're significant to him. You're his kid. He loves you deeply. And you are a significant human being. God doesn't make junk, and you weren't the result of some cold winter's night. God had you in mind. You were born, you were raised, you're adults now, and you are here, and you're here for a purpose. You are very significant in the eyes of God. Talented and gifted, though I find this hard to believe in me. I don't have many gifts. He has more gifts than I do. She plays more than I. That's good. He plays this. He plays that. He does that. Oh, man, they're really good. They're all talented. I don't have anything. No, everybody has a talent. Everybody is gifted in some way. But I don't do, you know, do you, do you like to do hospitality? Do you ever smile? You know, when people are sad, do you just hold them? Do you, that's a gift. Everybody's gifted. You just need to, be, need to be falling, um, become comfortable with that gift that God has. And, then, and, and have, you, know, you can actually begin to see that kind of gifting that you have. Uh, people can talk with you. Unique, uh, though I uh, feel uh, there's nothing extraordinary about me. You are unique. You're a unique person. Well, yeah, I'm just an ordinary person. There's no ordinary people with God. You're not just something. You're, 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 you're designed by God to do great things in your life, in your family, in your environments, and in the ministry that God's called you to. You are a very, very unique individual. He doesn't make, you can have children, and your children will share your genetics, and that'll be interesting, but no one will be like you, and no one will be like them. God never does seconds. You're here for a purpose. Approved and accepted, though I've been told I fall short, but I am approved by you, God. 
No matter what it is, I look at you and you approve me every single day. And if I sin, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me and you approve me and you accept me again. I'm a friend of Jesus, though I wonder at times why he would want to be my friend. Because you don't like you. Sometimes you think that God thinks about you the way that you think about you. That God feels about you the way that you feel about you when you're really down like that. And he doesn't. Not at all. He thinks you're the completely opposite. He loves you desperately. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you my friends. You're friends of Christ. I mean, you could know a United States senator. You could know a mayor. You could know a governor. You might even meet the president of the United States, but it's not as good as knowing that Jesus is your friend. Wow, what an awesome God. A friend, one who supports and sympathizes, one allied in a struggle or, uh, or cause, a, a, a faithful, trusted friend. Okay, let me get to what we're going to be doing here. Um, I'm gonna maybe just share. Price, I'm just, just going to have a couple minutes more here. Priceless and perfect, though everything in me says no. Perfect, that's a kingdom term. It talks about integrity. It talks about virtue. Uh, a meaningful in grace, uh, though so often I feel disqualified. These are feelings we all have. This is real stuff. Remember, we fell apart in Genesis. My grace is sufficient with you, for you. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. It didn't say my power is made perfect in your power. My power is made perfect in your weakness. We are weak people, but we serve a powerful God. Hopeful, though there are times I feel hopeless, alone, and frightened. Though you have met, mm. <laughs> though you have made me see troubles many and bitter, and some of you have been there, many troubles, many and bitter. You will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. You will again bring me up. <laughs> Glory to God! I tell you. I've been beat up by the devil a lot. I got scars to show it, but I'm still standing. Still standing. You're just young. You haven't been beat up a whole lot, but you will be. You'll stand too. Because God doesn't just, it, God makes you, he forms you out of difficulties. You become more aware and stronger as a result of it. Many of you have seen some difficulties, but God's going to restore you. Okay, I'm going to go through this, this particular one, and then... Let me just end it. We're going to pray. This is important. Maybe one after this. Authority over evil deities and strongholds. <clears throat> you have authority over them. I don't normally talk about the devil, but I'm going to do it today. They are disarmed <clears throat> by virtue of the power of the cross. These, these evil uh, deities that, that end up in our lives that try to taunt us and pressure us throughout the course of any given day. They're in your mind. They're in your dorm. They're in your conversations. They're with people in and out of this place. They're in your past. They're in your family. And, they, and some of them try to haunt you. It's the enemy trying to establish and build a stronghold in your life to weigh you down so that God cannot elevate you. I'm telling you that God is greater than that. And you got to speak to that. You've got to speak to that deity. Look, 
they're disarmed by virtue of the power of the cross. You can't have two sovereigns rule in the same spirit at the same time. You can't have the power of the devil and the power of Christ ruling you at the same time. The devil does not rule you, and he is not in you. He taunts you. He messes with you. He tries to pull you off target. He tries to mess with your mind. He tries to get you to think crazy stuff. But I'm telling you, the one that rules in you is Christ. Two sovereigns cannot rule in the same spirit. And you need to understand this. So the next time, the devil's all over me. Well, maybe he is trying to beat you a little bit. He's not in you. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise either. You know the one that dwells in you. In Luke chapter 9, verse 1, Jesus trained the 12 to, listen, to drive, to drive, it's supposed to be out all demons. Uh, and that's the first thing he said. To drive out all demons. He said, our demons. <laughs> it's not our demons. We don't own them. They're not ours. It's supposed to be, supposed to be out. First thing he said in Luke chapter 9, verse 1. I give you power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. It's the first thing he said to his disciples. You can take them on. Well, I'm kind of young in God. I don't know whether I want to take on a demon. You take him on every day. He's trying to taunt you. And he says, I've given you all power and authority, all power and authority to drive them out. Well, you know, it's just coming some people, all people. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, what was the reason we're trying to to share the power of the Holy Spirit? Because it brings about a massive inward power as you fight these deities that try to put you out and build strongholds in your life. He said, this is what I've told his disciples. By the way, there's 71 of them or something that he sent out. And he said, by the way, I've given you all power and authority. When Jesus says he's given you all of something, you can believe it. Power, which is, if you look at that, it's a miraculous power, a mighty power, a strength. That's exactly what it means. Authority, rule, permission, power, jurisdiction. God has given you jurisdiction. You know, whatever it is is the jurisdiction of Lima. Uh, wherever it is, we have a certain jurisdiction. Judges have jurisdictions. Police have jurisdictions where they, they make arrests and everything. And you have a jurisdiction. He says, I've given you jurisdiction. Go out and get him. He's taunting you. Go out and get him. He's trying to bring you to go out. I've given you the jurisdiction. You have a power in this jurisdiction. And all of a sudden, you move and you go someplace else. He's given you power over that jurisdiction as well. you got to believe these things. It all comes back to Jesus. Always does. And the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons <coughs> submit to us in your name. I mean, that alone would just charge you right up. I mean, as you imagine just going out and just casting out devils or, or dismissing devils, and all of a sudden you're finding that things are really happening. But Jesus said, you've got to understand something, guys. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, so it might be good for you, but it was better for me. I saw the guy fall. And I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions <clears throat> and to overcome how much power? 
Oh, come on. I don't mean it to sound like Sesame Street. I'm just telling you. When he says all, he means all. Well, it didn't happen right then. I'm still waiting for it to happen. And stay tuned because it's going to happen. Don't give up. Don't, as in the South, they call it the mully grubs. Don't get the mully grubs. Don't get down. Just don't, oh, I don't know. It's not going to happen. Be positive. Trust God. God's going to see you through. There's never a time he's not. And then it says, as giving you all power over the enemy, nothing will, um, what is that word over there? Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I, you know, well, I'm not going to go there. How we allow strongholds to be built. I think we'll end with this. Exodus chapter 34, uh, verse 7. Uh, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and the children, uh, the children and their children with the sin of their parents, with the third and fourth generation. Basically, that just simply means that um, stuff happens in life, in our genealogy, and sometimes we pay for it. It's just a, it's, it's sin. Stuff happened to me, my, my family as a bunch of uh, Italians and Scotch-Irish people. The Scotch-Irish people, a bunch of drinking, carousing people, lovely. They had always had good times, very sweet people. They're just drinking and all kinds of problems. A lot of addictions on that side of the family. My, I had addictions with some of the people in our family. Uh, we can see these things happening. There's a lot of anxiety. There's obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, there's, it's the sins of the fathers, and sometimes it hits you. Well, I'm kind of like my mother and my father. Okay, so you are. You're going to be defined by that? Or are you going to knock that stronghold out? I, had a, I think I shared with some of you, I had an obsessive compulsive disorder. I had a thing with checking knobs and, you know, you know, burners and all that kind of stuff. And it was getting to me. And I said, you know, this is, this is genetic. It's the sins of the fathers. And I got victory over it. Just, you know, you got to just got to stand and you got to go, I'm not going to put up with this. You're not going to allow that stronghold to uh, take root in my life. Believe the lie. Not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. <clears throat> I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm stupid. That's a lie. Don't you believe that for one moment? I'm just not pretty enough. You are. You're pretty enough. Don't get too pretty. You get in trouble. Unmet love needs, distant from a mom and my dad. Affirmation, I need it all the time. Validation, affection, I don't really have it. Some of you people, when you get married, you got to watch it because the spouse that you get, they're going to go, man, I need more validation, I need more affection, I need more love. I need and it might, it's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's just it's a lot. You figure, you know, I, you you're a needy person. Well, I married you to just take care of that need. Man, I can't meet all these needs. You got to be kidding me. You got to deal with it. It's a stronghold. You got to pull that thing down. You don't know now. Remember, because love is blind, but marriage is an eye opener. Not with you guys. I'm still, it's just really cool, right? Not a problem. Family systems, learn behavior. You know, either come from a good system or a bad system. Everybody does. It's, nothing's perfect. Uh, generational sin. I've got a hot temper. I'm controlling. I have addictions. Uh, I don't really give a lot of affection. There's abuse. Uh, you know, we talked about some of that stuff. If you want to keep that stuff around, then you can go ahead. But God doesn't want it in your life. 
It's a stronghold. It pulls you down. Mental health issues. I got these are the these are the most. Uh, these are I think there's five of them. These are the most pronounced in young people and in colleges. Depression, anxiety, which is fear, obsessive compulsive disorder, which is fear, trauma, mood disorders, bipolar one, bipolar two, mood disorders, up and down. You know, a lot of depression or you just constantly manic and paranoia, which is persistent irrational thoughts, feelings uh, of. Uh, you know, somebody's persecuting me, uh, there's persecutions, uh, persecution easily offended, uh, people are out to get me, I can't trust other people, that's paranoia, you know, unless you work for the CIA or something like that, then people are out to get you, all right? But there's, you know, this, this is real stuff, this, this, some of you guys have this, and I'm not, I'm not putting you down for it because it's real. Well, I shouldn't have it. I don't want to say anything about it. Okay, if you have it, you have it. But the fact is, you don't have to be defined by it. You can fight this thing. You really can get better. I'm telling you, you really can. You don't have to have this stronghold. Well, it's from my father and my, and my mother and my grandfather and my grandfather's father. I get it, I get it, I get it. That's a generational sin, but you can break that thing. You can break it in Christ. And you don't need to let it transfer. Unhealthy soul ties. Whoa, relationships that are ungodly, unhealthy, unproductive, and unmanageable. And if you're in a relationship that you have any, at least one or two of those things, do not pursue that relationship. I'm serious because you get into I tell you, I've married a lot of people. I've married way more people than I ever should. I don't even want to marry anybody anymore. The fact is, uh, there's been some of the people that I thought wouldn't make it made it and vice versa. The fact is, if you're entering relationships and they're not, it was pretty cool because we were just, uh, Andrew and Kaylee got married today and, and Greg Falco was talking about how the, the two are one. And, you know, a one whole uh, bride and one whole male make, uh, which is two, makes one great marriage. And, and, you know, it's not that they're not going to have problems either, but the fact is, you got to look at who you're dating. All right? If they need to be repaired, they need to be repaired. Oh, you need to marry me now because if you, if you marry me, everything's going to be okay because you're the answer. All I need to do is marry you and everything's going to be fine. you got to be kidding me. Don't get involved in that. If you love the person, just let them, take, let them get some help. No, no, I don't need any help. I just, you know, I just, I, all I need to do is just be with you. <coughs> nope, that ain't happening. Don't do it. Ungodly, unhealthy, unproductive, unmanageable. Do not touch. Do not pass go. Do not collect $100. Don't buy the lie. Don't buy the lie. 